Lads, let's get into it. I am Mal Foster and you are listening to the latest episode of Dimed Out. And together, collectively, as a unit, we are making history. Well, dimed out history, not like world history. We're not doing anything that's so significant. It's going to alter the shape of the current world as we know it, unfortunately. But it is episodic history. For the first time in the show's short-lived history, we are having not one but two guests on at the same time, and those two guests also happen to be the first married couple to appear on Dined Out. In the first of two conversations, we're going to be talking to Pamela and Armando. Armando I've known for about 15, 16 years since university. Pamela I've only known for a few years, uh, but both of them are ace, and they were just great for coming on to the show to talk about a whole number of things. Uh, including what it's been like primarily, and this is where the episode starts, what it's been like living on an island during the whole corona outbreak, what it was like when the virus first hit the shores, what preventions were taken, and how it is that they got themselves to a state where they are now virus-free. At the time of recording, they had been without a single case for 60-something days, and I think now they're up to 90-plus. So, yeah, it's it's a world that so many of us are just longing to kind of find ourselves in. So, yeah, definitely an interesting entry point. A little bit of context. There is a little joke in there at some point about me needing to speak to an agent to sort of clarify for anybody that doesn't know. Armando is, uh, I want to say, the star. He's one of the people featured, at least. <laughs> He's probably going to really dislike the fact I've just downgraded him from being the star to a featuring member of a a TV show that was uh, recorded and published, presented, televised, televised on British TV, a show called The Best Little Prison in Britain, which looks at Jerby Prison on the Isle of Man, where he works and was a star slash featured in a TV sort of fly on the wall docuseries. So yeah, that's what that's about. So yeah, after this, after hearing this episode, if you want to go check out Man Bear walking the cell blocks, doing his thing, then that's the show to check out, the best little prison in Britain. Uh, Yeah, would recommend. Definitely worth a watch. But not just yet, because you've got this fantastic episode to check out and to stuff inside of your ear holes. In it, as I said, we're going to be talking about what it's been like living on the Isle of Man, virus-free. We're also going to be talking about the existence of Bigfoot. The brilliance of little spoons. That's right, little tablespoons. No, hang on, wait. No, tablespoons are the big ones. Teaspoons. That's your boy. Teaspoons. All the way. There is a life hack here, by the way, in this episode, that if you try it, will change everything. And on that note, this is the episode. Enjoy. I want to talk to you guys um, about what it's like to be virus free. And this is something I think a lot of people right now will be interested in hearing because you've been um, virus free on the Isle of Man for a little while now, right? Yeah. So I think. I am. All my STDs are gone. Wow. Uh, So I've been virus free for for years now. Um, (laughs) It's been difficult. With what being difficult being virus free? Yeah, yeah, I'm so used to them. Um, you know, and <laughs> discharges, 
Um, oh wow! Oh, 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 you mean you mean COVID nineteen? All oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought it was a bit, thought it was a bit personal. Uh, well, yeah, I, I wanted oh. to straight out the gates. I wanted to show you I was happy to discuss anything. Yeah, well, so thanks. That's good. Free. I think it's sixty-two days now. Sure. Sixty-two days with no uh, COVID at all, um, which has been great. Mm. We've been yeah, super blessed, really. I think we only had 360 cases in about an 85,000 population. Um, sadly, some deaths, but only six. Uh, so, yeah, it's been really good, to be honest. I think compared to what we're seeing um, across the UK, with, um, and, and especially, unfortunately, for you guys in the US, um, obviously the protests are going on, um, the Black Lives Matter protests, which which is super important, but you've got a lot of people congregating together. And then in, in the UK, when we've had the great weather, people flocking to the beaches and yeah. uh, flocking to outside bars and things like that. And Mother's Day. Mother's Day, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mother's Day was a big hit for COVID-19. There was a big, big spike, yeah, Mother's Day. People have really actually, I think, followed the rules for the most part here. We are in a very unique and lucky situation here where people took it seriously and adhered to the rules. Well, the majority did. Yeah, the thing is here, if they didn't adhere to the rules, they got put in prison, like no questions asked. It was literally, like some people will sit on remand for months or they'll they'll have to wait for sentencing. But here, if they got caught breaking the uh, anti-lockdown social distancing rules, they got put in prison for four weeks. That was it. No questions asked sent straight to prison so the deterrent was pretty yeah it was pretty good so we closed the borders really early on so nobody could come in um even residents who who got trapped away because they were you know stuck in australia or something couldn't come back students etc yeah students and everything so people actually really seem to obey the law which was quite quite well it was a deterrent and it was real it wasn't just suggested and people yeah, there was no lip service. It, was, it was no like on the spot fines or anything like that it was literally right. you will go to prison they were straight up in front and then they were in so but well yeah i mean it, it's proven to be effective if you've been exactly. would you say 62 days then then yeah obviously you're going to get some some like knobheads that, that dance around there and and are just like oh whatever it doesn't apply to me but it seems like the vast majority I've just been like, this is real. There's a particular uh, criminal at the moment who's on the run. The police have, have put an issue, issue out for him. He's putting pictures on his Facebook page. He's never in them, but there are various locations in the UK <laughs> where he, he says he's out partying, trying to throw them off the scent, but they they fully believe he's actually still on the island. It's probably in his back garden. Yeah. yeah. Is, is, is this like like an ongoing manhunt for this yeah, guy? Exactly. Yeah, it'll be for drugs or something. There are a lot of... Manhunt's on the Isle of Man. It's brilliant. The Isle of Manhunt. Yeah. It's it ace. It's like um, they could make it a TV show. It would be awesome. Are, are you pitching this, by the way? Is this is this you trying to pitch something to, to <laughs> well, ITV? You know, I am already a celebrity, so I would this be is, the natural choice. This is true. You you are like the um the Jason Statham of the Isle of Man, I guess. That's, that's mm-hmm. right. A lot of people actually refer to me as that. In fact, do I need to speak to an agent to get you to be honest? I think I think the bigger thing is a lot of people refer to Jason Statham as the Armando Armway <laughs> of the rest of the world. I think that's wow. Well, it's the, oh, that's it's the it, other way around. That's when it really took off. Yeah, which is understandable. I think the funniest thing for me because I've been working from home for about seventeen weeks now, mm-hmm. and, and with lockdown, working from home was fine. I I was okay with it. 
and you'd go to the supermarket and you'd have to queue to get in. Sometimes it'd take well over an hour. Sometimes you'd get there and the queue be really little and you'd feel really happy that the queue was super little. And obviously you couldn't go and see anybody. Uh, you couldn't go to pubs or anything like that. And then all of a sudden you you could go and see family, social distance. So you could we could call it deck chairing. We go and sit in a garden and deck chair for a bit. I like and that. that was really nice as well. But then I found um, I have a good friend at work. She asked my address and the card appeared in the post. So when I sent her a card, we talk every day, but I sent her a card back. And when I wrote the card back to her, I said to her, I'm not going to tell you that I've received your card and you don't tell me when you've received my card. So we talk every day on the phone, but we write cards to each other every week. Oh. Either of us has ever verbally acknowledged that we were sending each other cards during lockdown. Um, and I found the whole FaceTime friends and family more um, more than I've ever done before. So I, I thought the whole thing ultimately was quite obviously devastating the world, but the the positives we could take from it really were, were bringing a real sense of family and community and a communication that I don't think we'd we'd really had before. So now that we're lockdown's really lifted here, like I'm still working from home, so I'm still getting to keep that feeling of of the nice things about lockdown. Yeah. But I don't want to go back to how it was before. I don't right. want to go back to, you know, we, we've been to town a few times and it's just been so, so busy. And people, you you feel this um, atmosphere of people want to spend money and they, they're glad that they can get back into it. But I don't really want to, I don't think to. I, I really quite like the quiet, slow pace of lockdown life, even though you don't yeah. like it falling, falling a lockdown. I think lockdown just sounds like an 80s TV show. Lockdown. Like a really awful crime show or something, like a like a police one. You're in lockdown, Sam. Just sounds awful. I've been practicing isolation for years because I don't like many people. So the world that you lot are getting now is just um, you're just starting to see the benefits of my world. <laughs> I want to kind of go back to something you touched upon there, Pamela. I think that obviously, as you, as you mentioned, this has had a major impact for, for humanity as a whole and for people as a whole. But I think that you were echoing a lot of sentiments that I have felt myself and that other people I spoke to have sort of reflected in the sense that it's been terrible on a grand scale, on a mass scale, but it's given people more scope for themselves in an insular fashion. Like it's allowed them to kind of look at what they're doing with their life, what they want to do with their life and the things that are important to their life that maybe they'd overlooked like family and friends and like really sort of addressing how they spend their time. Um, And I think as well that it is genuinely very important that when we go back to, and I hate using the word normal because it's ridiculous in this situation, but when things kind of resemble more of the landscape they did prior to COVID, that we don't just revert back to not acknowledging these things and not caring about these things that we've kind of rediscovered during this time. Absolutely. No, I, yeah. I'd agree with that. Like we start spending time with people, even if it's over FaceTime, you wouldn't have done before, you know, for a long time. So it's been lovely in those terms, but I think I'm quizzed out for maybe the rest of my entire life. <laughs> no, that's yeah. the thing. So, like, we, we get to see you and Robin and Sean and Rachel every week, and that's amazing. But I'm like Amanda says, we're probably quizzed out. Can we use names? Is that is that legal? Yeah, that's fine. That's if fine. not, we could have code names. No, we, no, I'm just, I'm just we could do, or I could just edit. Can I have code names? Can I have Mr. X? For who? 
for me. Oh, right. I don't okay. care about anyone else's. I care about mine. Professor Plum. Um, or Professor X. Yeah, like I've never done so many quizzes in my whole life. But the best part mm-hmm. about that was actually because you, you could you do a quiz with somebody uh, that you'd have to answer, but then you'd be like, can you send me your quiz? And then you do that on other people. And then people would be like, this quiz was brilliant. You'd go, thanks very much. But no, I would always pass the credit on to other people. But I I think I I don't want to lose that thing of um, that connection. Like things like Zoom, everybody knows how successful they've been. House Party, that's been Mm -hmm. so much fun. Like that connection that you you got like how long have, have you Amanda and Sean been best mates and but now like how long have we all been friends? I before, thought I'd escaped them before COVID. <laughs> we didn't really talk back regularly at all, really. No. And like we didn't really know Robin very well, but now like I love Robin. Like I'm so excited to see Robin every week. And sometimes I'm a bit like, oh, I miss Robin today. I miss like hearing what she's got to say and missing hearing her accent and things like that. So, you know, you make those connections, but they're real. We're not face to face, but because the world's given us this technology as well that that we can use. Like, can you imagine going through this like a hundred years ago? It'd have been madness, wouldn't it? So, um, I I think despite all of the horrible things, and I'm not like downplaying any of that know. at all there there there's got to be some good things that come out of this and i think that it was everybody reconnecting and, and taking things back you just kind of hope that we don't get back into the drudgery of going to work going in the office every day buying your sandwich at lunchtime you know the whole right. clo- the clone feel of the office worker nine to five that kind of thing i'd really that's that's why I hate refer, referring to it as normal because you know it did kind of become normal. It became a sort of an established paint by numbers existence for for most people, and you know it has its pros. It's got the structure there that keeps people sane, and it can build from uh, onto different things. But I feel like there's much more to life than just following those set patterns, and I think that it's taken something terrible like this to actually realize that for most of us. Yeah, I had lunch with um, uh, one of the girls in my team today, um, at, like a one-to-one meeting with her. Like I said, we're still working from home. So even though we're COVID-free here 60 plus days, the company I work for, they've chosen not to send us back. We're following UK rules, which are a lot more stringent. The department that I work in, it's working really well re- working remotely. So ultimately, um, my office needs a 10 million um, refurb. But they're like, like if we, if you can all work from home, then why do why do you need to go back to the office? It's working as it is. Well, that suits me. Like I, I I can make that work. Whereas like people in my team, they can't. They don't. They just don't want to. So the uh, the the girl I went to meet today for lunch, we were talking about um pretend the potential of never going back to the office and yeah struggle she had and she's she's only a young girl but she was talking about how she she finds it difficult to get up and get motivated so getting up and logging in early for work etc and she'll do a work but then she's like but if the weather's bad and I don't have any plans I won't leave the house for days it's really very sad because part of me was a bit like but we've got this amazing opportunity right now like I don't stringently make them work nine to five I say if you wake up at seven o'clock you get a bed in your pajamas, you make a cup of tea, you log on for half past seven. I don't mind if you do five hours, log off, spend the afternoon, do whatever, whatever you want and log back on again. Um, mm-hmm. So there's, there's this whole opportunities in front of people. But she was just like, 
what else have, what else would I have to do? So if I can go back to the office, I can get up in the morning, I can have a shower, I can drive into work, I can spend so I can spend money on petrol, I can spend money on parking, I can work in the office, I can spend money on lunch, I can drive back, spend more money on fuel, get back home in the evening, cook my dinner, watch TV and go to bed. And I was like, you've got this amazing opportunity to work from home is, and do stuff. The thing is, from working with inmates, a lot of people need routine. Yeah, and I know. You get forced on them. And we might force it on them through the routine That's of us just true, yeah. prison. But some people need it forcing on them through the routine of work. Yeah, I know what you mean. But it just made me so sad that this young young woman was like, what else am I going to do? And I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, all the hobbies you could take up. Also, she's young. Fitness. Yeah, that's you know, you're yeah. A, a bit older than her, a bit more mature, and a bit more worldly. I suppose. That's a good point because I do think that, you know, not to downplay young people at all, but I do think that with having life experience, um, you do kind of gain a deeper appreciation. God knows, like, 10 years ago, I would have handled all of this way worse. I just say I would have handled it the same because I've always been awesome. I think you should be truthful. You might not have done 10 years ago because you wouldn't have been able to go to a gym. Like, like we got you equipment, we hired you equipment. You wouldn't have been able to do any of that 10 years ago. I would have just lifted up stuff. <laughs> or imaginary works. The way it isn't important, Pamela. It's, it's, it's the mind. It's the mind. Is it, is I've it trained okay? my mind. Yeah. Even though it doesn't need any kind of training, I would train it. Mm. Is this leading down to a there is no spoon type conversation? There is no spoon. There is no weight. Why would, I, why, why would anyone even want a spoon? Spoons are actually pretty crap when you think about it. Totally random side tangent and a little bit of insight knowledge of, of how Armando's had an, a lasting effect on, on my day-to-day being. Years and years ago, he told me, don't eat stuff with a big spoon, eat it with a little spoon and it'll taste so much better. And I thought at the time, you're absolutely insane. There is no difference whatsoever. And since then, I have never used like a tablespoon to eat soup or anything. It's always a teaspoon. And how much better is it? It's amazing. It sounds absolutely mad. And some people listening might be thinking, whatever, try it. It's it's life-changing. Oh yeah, it is life-changing. I should do you do. not think it's just a metaphor that you're still a baby and need to be eat, fed with how a baby's much, food? How much do babies enjoy eating? How much do babies enjoy being fed? <laughs> you're being fed you're by talking about, You're talking about all this normality and jobs and stuff. Normality is eating with a spoon that you're given. No, I don't want that spoon. Get me a baby spoon. And when and you know something, come and stand by my table and make flying noises while you're feeding me with it. <laughs> Do you know what? Weirdly enough, there may be some kind of psychology behind that. Though, if you think about it, like having a small spoon maybe does trigger a sort of memory of childhood and, and eating as a child, and yeah, it's not, it's not you back. too deep. It makes the no. I'm I'm telling you, there there may be something in there. Why Why do you have to spoil it and go so big? Just Just enjoy it because it's awesome. Doesn't need to have a reason. Yeah. It's just awesome. I mean, my crunchy nut cornflakes, I want them on a big giant spoon so I can get as many out of the milk as possible, quickly as possible, so nah. they're still crunchy when I eat them. You're done soon, and then you're looking at mine, and they're still half left, and I'm like, get stuck. Yeah, but yours go soggy, because you know, you're mind. only eating them with no, a spoon. It's all in your mind. Sogginess is in the mind. Have you not heard that? And you're the one saying you, you don't want us to go too deep. Yeah. And then you're talking about sogginess being a mental construct. Sogginess is a mental condition. You don't get right? very deep with sogginess, do you, sweetheart? You don't? Nope. No, it's just there. It's just there. Honestly, mine never goes soggy. I could leave it days and it won't go soggy. 
What are we talking about now? The series. I have well, no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Any train of thought that was on the track has just been derailed completely. guys i have got a list of 29 different random topics and i've been doing this with other guests recently um we can do one each but you both chime in on it but you both get to pick a number if you fancy doing that so yeah one to 29 uh mando do you want to pick a number first i'll let pamela go first oh look at that oh, how about i pick amanda's number and he has to talk about it oh i like that okay, okay. Okay. All right, yeah, we'll do it that way. I think number eight. Um, number eight is Bigfoot. Do you believe it, there is a Bigfoot out there roaming around or has been? I'd go along the lines of why not? Like, as in, not that, I mean, if it, was, if it was potentially in my back garden, then I'd be upset. Right. However... Why? Just because it's like an invasion of privacy? Well, if, if Bigfoot was in my back garden, then I'd potentially be quite scared, unless he was the Bigfoot out of Harry and the Hendersons, in which case I'd be really happy. because he, he was I don't know, because even that one was kind of scary at times. Scary as hell, but at the same time, that's just because he was ugly and odd-looking. But yeah, can't judge him on that, Malcolm. That's not fair. You can't judge Bigfoot. You can't judge opinions. Bigfoot if he's an eight-foot good-looking bear man thing <laughs> with like chiseled chiseled looks a distinguished jawline exactly i'd say that i'd, I'd say that i don't necessarily believe in bigfoot but i don't necessarily not believe in bigfoot like right. it could it could exist it could quite easily exist i have no proof that he does unsurprisingly little other man <laughs> but at the same time, so you mean you haven't had any sightings but at the, at the same time there could be something that looks like big but it could just be an, an odd human that was thrown away as a baby and it's turned into <laughs> see i laugh but i think that's probably more on the accurate lines i think if there is like there's that, that episode of x-files where they have those neanderthals mm-hmm. that live in i can't remember where it is but and they're obviously they're not like bigfoot because they're not that big but they're just like humans that live out in the wild and stuff and you could just have a really tall gangly scary looking one of them and it could exist. It could. What? Yeah, why not? Why not? I, I, I believe in Bigfoot. All right, so you're going to go on record and say you do... You, yeah, I've changed your mind. You've changed, you, changed you, you convinced yourself that he's out there somewhere. I'm a big believer in Bigfoot, and I, and I believe that Bigfoot could have whatever he wanted. Could have a bungalow. The sky's the limit for Bigfoot, that's all you're saying. Could have a cabin in the woods and he just wants to be left alone. It could very well do. I think, I think the main thing that we're gathering here is that people limit Bigfoot. Right, to just being... A... People think that Bigfoot's probably just a, a big, stupid, dead, Neanderthal-type man-bear thing that wanders the world. Why do you keep eat. saying man-bear? Well, how else would you say I don't know, but man-bear <laughs> just makes me... Why not? just makes me think of well, a guy... Yes, I refer to him as Bigfoot in America, I'm just going to refer to him as man-bear. So everyone just thinks that man-bear is just this big, lumbering, idiot thing that just probably eats... Animals and stuff. Hang on. That doesn't mean he's not got feelings. Are you, re- are you rebranding him as Man Bear now? He's no longer Man Bigfoot. Bear. I think I'm going to be branding himself as Man Bear. I think Man Bear should give him more of a chance. I think we've been cruel to Man Bear, and I understand entirely why he isolates himself like he does. 
What about you, Pamela? Do you believe in Bigfoot? No. I believe that humans feel a need sometimes to believe in something bigger than themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bigfoot sometimes uh, fits the bill. Is that your thought on, on all cryptids? Not just like Bigfoot, but like any sort of... I don't believe in Loch Ness Monster. I don't believe in Bigfoot. Or, uh, what is it? Sasquatch. Sasquatch. Um, what's the one from Mexico called? The something devil thing? Chupacabra. Chupacabra, that's it. Um, no, I think there are always explainable reasons for everything mm-hmm. in line with the animal attacks anyway. But yeah, I know I think there's always an explainable reason for those things. Do you think it kind of goes back to sort of just like folklore, like just people telling stories, just just like campfire stories? Yeah, just, yeah, I think it's graduated. Urban legends, uh, total folklore. It's funny, um, there's something been popping up on Instagram or uh, Reddit recently that says, why are all the ghosts from the 1700s? Why isn't there any like 2007 Britney Spears type ghosts kicking your ass type thing? And it's Britney so Spears isn't dead. She couldn't be a ghost. No, you know what I mean? Like, why, why, why isn't there like angst-ridden teenagers slash 20-somethings from 2007 come back? Maybe it takes a while for a ghost to mature. So, yeah, no, don't believe in anything. All right. Oh, All right, so then it's it's Mando's turn to pick a number oh. from the random list for Pamela. So what you got? You got between eighteen. Uh, you got eighteen. If you could live in a different time period, <gasps> what time period would you live in? Oh, this is a really good one because when me and Mando were dating, we went to the cinema and watched Midnight in Paris. Have you seen it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Woody Allen film. film. It's so. Good, isn't it? it is and he's movie. obviously wants to be in 1920s Paris, and then he falls in love with a girl, and she wants to be in Bella Park Paris, and it's a whole thing of like how far back do you go to find the the, well, the whole thing is that everybody always wants to live in a different time, different time whenever they're born because they always think it was better at a different always time, greener. right? But in reality, it never really turns out to that way. I'm 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 a little stumbled by the fact that Amanda admitted a Woody Allen film is is great. That, yeah, that kind yeah, of probably the only one to be fair. But yeah, the thing is, you were only you were only dating at the time, and I said to him, "There's this movie I really, really, really want to watch," and we went to watch it. So you probably only watched it to keep me happy. But it's a good film, isn't it? It's a great movie. It is a brilliant film. It just happens to be made by Woody Allen. That's all. Woody Allen. Woody Allen. <laughs> <laughs> Are they the same person? Weren't well, they both in Cheers? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, they weren't. <laughs> so, is that the time period that you would say, if if you had the chance to, you would? No, we just talking about the movie, Malcolm. Um, <laughs> it depends. Just... Like right now, I'm obsessed with Hamilton. So, part of me is like, I'd love to live during the American Revolution. Oh God, I can't um, imagine much worse. No, especially if they did just sing all the time. As long as they didn't die. Oh no, I think um, if they sang all the time, I think I'd be all right with dying. How how do you pick, Malcolm? How do you pick? Like the pyramids in in like if you believe the biblical story of a worldwide flood, then the pyramids in Egypt predated the flood. Therefore, there was Egyptians in Egypt building pyramids before the flood. So, do I want to live in that society or the society post that that still built pyramids? Honestly. It's fascinating. It would depend what role you had in said time because most times before this, in any normal role, it would be bloody awful. You were of 
Yeah, but you reasonably don't, you don't know it's affluent. awful. You don't know it's awful. Like well, right now we have running toilets. People. No, but now we have running toilets. Caveman. I'd, 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 I'd like being a caveman. Yeah, but they don't know any different because they're just cavemen. Exactly. They don't know exactly. They have no other when I had to worry about anything, I would have just gone and smashed stuff up and yeah, and you kill stuff, that. You kill stuff and eating that. it. That's what I'm doing. I'm saying that's what I'd be. Yeah, you'd have loved it. Yep, it would have been nice and simple. And if someone figuring out it came and smashed you into pieces, then that'd be it. Wow. And you know, why not? Let's just pretend there were dinosaurs there as well. Why not? You might go in buy a dinosaur. Let's just go with that. Right. What better way to go? So you're going, you're going caveman. Period. Why not? Why not go caveman? And because because there's so many reasons not to. Because of the like lack what? of in, the lack of inventions that we have now. You kidding me? They invented the wheel. The wheel. So you just you're quite happy with the wheel and fire, and that's it. Well, where would we have got without the wheel and fire and tools? You tell me. Where we would have got without those. This is true, but how enjoyable of an existence is that? I think it would have been enjoyable because it would have been that simple. I'm going to roll my wheel down the hill. <laughs> I'm going to make a fire when I get there to keep myself warm. And then smashing. And, and then I might use my rock that I stuck to a stick somehow to smash up the food that I just killed. And that's it. That's, that's you happy. I pick. So I'm not entirely sure how much of Pamela's answer actually picked up there because the audio was getting a little bit faint and a little bit glitchy, which is the main reason that I've just cut the question and the conversation off at this point. So yeah, I don't know how much you caught of that, but her answer to the question was that she would be born at the time that she was actually born at, and if given the choice, wouldn't actually live through a different time period, which, you know, fair enough. Actually, I mean, if you were to ask a hundred people that exact same question, I imagine there'd be quite a few would come back with that same answer. That they would live through the time period they've lived through before. I mean, there's one thing between visiting different time periods, but living your life through a time period and sort of adhering to all the rules and the scenarios and circumstances and all the parameters that were set then. Yeah, very different. So I imagine out of the hypothetical hundred, you'd get quite a few that would give the same answer as Pamela. I can't say that you'd get that many giving the same answer as Armando, though. Because, honestly, really, who, by choice, would actually want to go back and live through the caveman period? Unless, you know, I'm completely wrong and there is just a huge group of people out there desperately hankering for such a scaled-back life for a more primitive existence of just fire, cave, wheel, stone and stick. Maybe there is. I don't know. Anyway, we're about to slide into the final section of this episode where we are talking about traditions. It was my chance to pull something from the list, considering they'd both picked something for each other, and I pulled up the topic of traditions so that's where we're jumping into right now now i mean this in, in a general sense this can be like traditions that you do each year at certain times or it can just be like traditions you do each day um or even if you do them that's the thing i'm not personally keen on traditions too much some are quite nice some i, I understand why people do them but it's just for me it's not really a a thing I care that much about. Yeah. But um, what about you guys? Is there any traditions in particular that you, you do at certain times? 
Um, I'd say like anything in life, I'd, I'd, I'd do what I want to do. If it happens to be a tradition, I'll just see it as an idea of something that I can do if I want. I don't feel like I have to, but it's just, it's just almost like the world's suggestion of, oh, this is what a lot of people do. Do you like mm. it? You don't have to, but it just means that you can pick and choose the ones that you enjoy. You don't have to do them to the degree that everyone does them. You can do them right. entirely by yourself, but it's just like, I suppose, the world's suggestion, like when you're on things like the internet, it'll suggest, oh, you've looked at these pages, you might like this. Well, it's kind of like that, but in a different way. Like an internet algorithm for life. Yeah. We have Christmases and birthdays and Halloween. They're probably the bigger ones. And I like doing them to some scale. I don't do them because I'm forced to, but I do them because right. I enjoy them. Yeah, that's that's a big fundamental difference. Some people are very much in that camp. Some people just feel like they have to because it, that's what you do at this time. If I felt like I had to, then I wouldn't do that. That's the aspect I, I distance myself from. Is, yeah. is like, okay, so it's this day, which means you have to do this thing. And it's just like, yeah. no, not at all. But if you can personally get some enjoyment out of it, then it doesn't really matter that it's a tradition. It's just something that another thing choosing to do. Mm-hmm. So I was brought up as Jehovah's Witness, so a lot of um, traditional things I don't celebrate, like birthdays and Christmas and Easter and Halloween. So for me, uh, tradition, I like traditions, as in you make your own family traditions. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. I like celebrating our wedding anniversary. I like celebrating the first day we met, things like that. Around Christmas time, I don't choose to celebrate Christmas, but at the same time, I know it's important to Armando, so I, I like to make things homey for him when we're doing like that time of year, so he feels like it's traditional to him. And for me, the biggest thing about traditions is not aligning with um, a faith or a religion or yeah. anything like that. Like, So to me, um, Easter and Christmas and Halloween is really pagan, so... I feel very adverse to celebrating them. Okay. But at the same time, I, I I love tradition. I really love tradition. So I love the, the feeling of we did this last year and let's do it forevermore type thing, of building a tradition. Like if we have children, we can car- carry it on. So I like finding, pa- I love patterns and things. So if we can drop like the Christmas and the um, Halloween and the Easter, etc. But if we can find patterns like, Let's have a celebration on the day we met. Let's have a celebration on our, uh, our, our, our wedding anniversary type thing. So as we go forward in the future, I'd really love to build family traditions of sure. on this day we do this and on this day we do this type thing. And yeah. I think it goes back to I love the patterns and things. I love I love the patterns and dates and matching things up of always doing the same thing on the same day every year type thing. Yeah, like I don't celebrate any traditions like Christmas in any religious way, because there couldn't be any less religion and any less religious if I tried. But it's mainly just the things that you do on the day. Like, it's nice to, to buy people just things that they think they like family. and being together and having a meal and sitting down and relaxing all day. That, that's what Christmas is to me. It's just a tradition of doing a few things with your family yeah. and your wife and, and dogs that you like doing. You're just doing it on a day. You're kind of doing it because people suggest you should do it on that day, but you don't have to. Mm-hmm. You just happen to do it on that day because it makes sense. It's usually some kind of holiday as well, which helps. And it's always fun to buy people gifts, so any any excuse to do so, it's nice. It doesn't have to be an evil thing or a pressurised thing. Mm-hmm. It's just an excuse to do it. I really like, and I've never heard anyone say that they celebrate the day they met. 
I genuinely really like that because I think that is, you know, you think about it, that's probably the most important date in your collective parents' history. And that's a wonderful thing to celebrate. So I like that a lot. That's what I mean. You just find traditions yourself that Mm -hmm. that, that make you happy. Like the the thing is with things like Christmas, it helps that the environment you're in builds towards it, which makes it exciting. Mm-hmm. But that's that's just a a side effect of it. It's not because of that. It's just it's nice to have a build up in which society's building up as well. It's just the way it is because everyone gets a bit happier. It's nice because of the weather. It's just that whole kind of push towards it. There's definitely a communal shift. You tend to find yeah. you do tend to find some people can be a bit more high strung round about that the end of the year around Christmas time but you do also whether or not you, you celebrate the religious aspect of it I think there's almost like a sort of a, a bigger sense of communal warmth because people are, yeah. are kind of moving towards that certain point that societal kind of push that I don't know it probably makes it feel special in a slightly different way as well mm-hmm. it's just nice it's just like a movement at that time of year I, I like the idea of, of making um, specific traditions, like you were saying, um, about like family orientated stuff. That is not so much. Ce- That's much more important to me. Yeah. Yeah, not so much celebrated by everyone on mass, but it's sort yeah. of localized to, to you. It's hard as well because sometimes for me, I love like I love family traditions, but sometimes if you don't tell everybody else that it's a family tradition to you, right? So you do something one year, and then the next year you're like oh, let's do that again, let's do that again. You're trying to organise it and it kind of maybe doesn't work. Uh-huh. The fun is creating the tradition for me. Right. Like, if we are going to make traditions, I want them to be armily family traditions, yeah. not like picked up from anywhere else or because society tells we, us no, we have we make them those. We make them those. Yeah. That's that's the ones that I like, though, is, is the ones that you kind of construct of your own doing and your own yeah. imagination and things that have a personal rev- resonance to you um like one i'll give you an example it never really did become a tradition but it was fun to try and get it off the ground and it was fun to do just as a one-off um the first christmas i spent over here i insisted that we get a pinata and fill it with like american chocolates and stuff and on christmas day just beat the shit out of it yeah. and just break it open and it was like going to be the christmas pinata tradition amazing and it was so much fun to do it didn't take off um I may bring it back this year. Who knows? Bring it back. Bring it back. It's tradition, Malcolm. You have to. But stuff like that, where you just kind of use your imagination and and find a personal attachment and and make it specifically localized. That's the kind of tradition I I like. Yeah, totally. But I want them to feel personal. Like Mm. about us as a family, not about society in general, type thing. Well, there you go. What about that then? What about that? The very first duo of guests on Dimed Out and the very first married couple on Dimed Out making podcast history, at least for this show. At least for this show. Uh, Yeah, absolutely grateful and uh, so thankful that they could come and sit down and talk to me about the wide range of stuff we talked about. Quite the mixed bag, I think you'll agree this week. Quite the mixed bag in this episode. Next week, however, is very specific and streamlined. Knowing that both Pamela and Armando are huge science fiction fans, I got them to come up with their favourite movie robots, specifically from film, because if you include games and literature, 
the list would be endless. So yeah, next week's episode is dedicated solely to movie robots. But it's it's really interesting because we have a list which is full of deep cuts and sort of obscure picks and things that you wouldn't necessarily think to include in a list of, of like great movie robots. We also have a mind map. And that map takes us on a really fascinating journey in terms of what a robot is, what defines a robot, what a robot can be, who it serves, what its purpose is, and just, it just opens it up to various different possibilities and trains of thought. So, yeah, plenty of great stuff in terms of science fiction and human integration with technology mankind's relationship with robotics and our history of robotic behavior yeah lots of interesting sort of pathways derived from the idea of just favorite movie robots and as i said some great deep cuts and and obscure pulls from from the the lineage the vast lineage of movie robots so yeah if you like your sci-fi then that is definitely definitely one you want to be checking out also I would love to know what your favourite movie robots are as well. So yeah, plenty of good stuff to look forward to for next week. But as for now, that's about it for this episode. As always, if you've enjoyed it and there is absolutely no reason you shouldn't have, then the best thing you can do to help and support the show is to subscribe. That way you also never miss out on any of the great content that's coming in the near future. Also, if you are already subscribed, and you want to do us an extra favour, you want to do us a solid here at Dimed Out, then what you can do is give us a rating and a review on the podcast platform that you get your podcasts from. Of course, you can also tell your friends. You can also tell your mum and your nan as well if she enjoys podcasts. If she doesn't, then why not introduce her to some? I just got rid of 50 gigabytes of podcasts, which is crazy. I didn't even know I had them stored on my hard drive, but evidently I did. That is 460 podcasts, 50 gigabytes, that go back four and a half years, which in a word, is ridiculous. Hopefully Dimed Out isn't taking up that much space on your hard drive, but hopefully it is taking up that much space in your heart. And (laughs) yeah, I know, but hey, it was there, I had to take it. If you, your mum, your nan, your neighbour or whoever else you've told about the show wants to get in touch about the show, you want to give me ideas for topics, suggestions or just general feedback as long as it's nice, then you can get in touch via Twitter at IamMalFoster. That is the best place to get in touch with me about the show or about anything. Oh, well, you know, with some consideration, maybe not anything. You know, it's it's good to have boundaries, right? And on that note, Dimers, that does it for this week's episode. As always, thank you for listening. Until next time, look after yourselves, look after each other, and keep it dimed out. (laughs) 